Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This welcome, is everybody. Paradox, and I'm Josh. Oh, and I'm Jimmy. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And we are excited to have Jared Lopes. Jared, thanks for being on. Second. It's not Lopes, it's Lopez. <laughs> it's Jared Lopez. That's right. You nailed it. You nailed it. How do you, uh, do you get a lot of Lopez's? Every single day, man. <laughs> well, it's sort of like in Young Frankenstein where, no, 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 it's not Frankenstein, it's Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that. My, my, actually, my son, my six-year-old son literally called me Jared Lopez yesterday. <laughs> um, so I don't know if he just heard that so much or he's still confused, <laughs> exactly. but yeah, every day it happens. So Jared is a pastor of an online community called dadtired.com. Jared has a podcast as well as a blog. Kind of first off, tell us about Dad Tired. Yeah, so Dad Tired, uh, I stumbled into this. I, I I had no intention of starting any kind of online community. Um, my wife and I had gone through a really rough, crappy season about three and a half years ago um, in our own marriage. And I was just really feeling like a terrible husband and a dad. And um I didn't. I wasn't processing it very well. I was really pulling away from my wife and pulling away from my family, and just being. I was just. I was being really lame as a husband and dad. And um, so I, I like to write or talk. I'm a verbal processor, so I had kind of a little blog going on. There, there certainly wasn't probably more than a couple dozen people uh, listening to what I was writing or reading what I was writing. But I, I wrote out kind of where I felt like I was as a husband and dad. And mainly saying I didn't want to be there, but um, I, I wanted to be a better husband, but I knew that I was kind of sucking as a husband and dad. And so I put that blog up. We actually went to Hawaii. I turned off all internet for the week. And when I came back, um, back online, the the blog had been shared like just thousands and thousands of times. It had been picked oh. up by a bunch of other blogs. And um, that I think what happened is I just like hit a nerve for guys, especially young husbands and dads who all, who can resonate with that message. Like, man, I, I really want to be a good husband and dad, but I also feel like I'm sucking or I don't know what I'm doing or I feel insecure in this role. And so it just, a community just kind of like overnight started. Um, and from that, we, we, we have a podcast and a book and a whole community. We have thousands of guys now who are part of that community, but it, I really stumbled into it. I think you, you nailed it as far as the insecurities. I know we in our practice see it all the time. Dads that just have no clue. They're great at work, but coming home and within those four walls, they have no clue what they're doing. There's a ton of insecurities and inadequacies felt. And so in a lot of ways, there's this give up. Kind of describe maybe your own sense of inadequacies and how that maybe even played out maritally. Because I know with a lot of those dads that I see, they hear a lot of criticism from their wives. So, I mean, for me, I, I think that I, I didn't grow up with a dad like most of our generation. Uh, and so 
Uh, I remember even as a kid being excited about being a dad and being a husband. Uh, I, re- I remember like, I don't know if this is weird or not, but I was like daydreaming about being a, a dad and a husband. Yeah, I was just weird. so excited. That- <laughs> uh, I have a PhD in psychotherapy. I can tell you that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll make a personal call after this. You can talk <laughs> <me> through it. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I remember just as a kid thinking like, I just, I just can't wait to be a husband and dad. And, and then when I got married, um, I realized I wasn't as good of a dad or a husband as I thought I would be. Um, And that really like threw me off. Um, And mainly because like you said, we can kind of, we can be good at work and we can be good at sports or we can be good at whatever, but uh, you can't really fake it at home. And that's what I realized. Like I had been faking a lot of people because they had only seen parts of me or the parts that I wanted them to see of me. But at home, my wife saw all of me and, uh, and I wasn't, I mean, I just couldn't like BS her anymore. And uh, I realized, oh, crap, like, I'm not as good of a husband and dad as I as I thought I would be. And that that brought up a lot of insecurities. What brought you or what things, not just one thing, but what brought you out of that place of insecurity and inadequacies? Was it marriage? Was it this online community? You know, I think I I mean, if I'm honest, I still like as a as a I'm only 30 years old. So to say that I don't have in, any insecurities in that area would certainly be a lie like I. I, I still feel them to this day. I think the things that are helping is one, being an authentic community. That's really helped, uh, like having actual uh, guys around me who can speak truth into me uh, with love. That was really hard for me as a kid. You guys will, uh, as therapists, pick this apart. But I, I, truth and love were always very separate to me. Like I, I never mm-hmm. was disciplined by my dad. And so I couldn't receive discipline and feel loved at the same time. I didn't know what those things meant. Um, and so I've had guys around me, older, wiser men um, who have gone before me, who really like have taught me what it looks like to be loved and have the truth spoken to me at the exact same time. Um, that that's that's been huge for me uh, in my young journey. You talked about you know not really having a you know, to your words dads like other people. It sounds as though that you lacked attachment with your dad. How did that lack of attachment with your dad? impact your relationship with God? Because, you know, research says there's there's a correlation there. Yeah. And I've talked to tons of guys about this, even in the dad's hired community. There's, there's a huge correlation to it. And uh, for me, I've always, part of that was what I just described in kind of the discipline. Like it, it's, it's hard for me to feel loved and disciplined or um, like a sense of like God is going to teach me and correct me while also loving me. Those, those two things were really hard for me to understand. Um, also just relating to God as like a loving father, uh, that even the word father was really hard. Like I, it's, it's taken me years and years and years to even begin to like pray God, the father to relate mm-hmm. to the father, the way that Jesus related to the father has always been difficult for me. Um, yeah, I had one other way, but I, I lost track of my I bet it was going to be good, though. I bet it was. It was probably going to be the most amazing awesome. thing I'm going to say today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we tell people that our parents influence us, like, you know, we'll, we'll look at them and we'll say, okay, I am absolutely going to emulate that. And then there's, ooh, I am absolutely not going to do or be that. And then there are ways that our parents just sort of ooze into us, like by osmosis, or, and we don't even know that they're in us until they come out of us. How I'm sure there have been with specifically with your dad ways in which you said, okay, I'm oh, I'm not going to be that. What ways did the relationship with your dad 
How has it impacted you that you're just sort of unpacking some of those things now? You notice them inside you, either for good or ill. But how was it that your dad kind of got inside you that you were not necessarily even aware of? Yeah, man, you're putting me under the microscope. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me give you an example. The way my father oozed into me was my weight problem. Stop saying that, Josh. <laughs> yeah. That's just the habit I picked up from Take, Dad that I didn't know. You can talk know. about that in your meeting tonight, <laughs> Overeaters Anonymous. Save it Sorry, for the meeting. Go ahead. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, again, being honest uh, you know, with myself here, I, th- I think that the, the quality that I probably subconsciously hated the most about my dad was his lack of consistency and him being faithful. My dad is, uh, he, wherever the wind blows, he's there. He's a professional musician and, uh, he just, uh, he just doesn't really have a track record of being faithful. He just moves on to whatever emotion he's feeling at that time. And, and he's hurt a lot of people as a result of that. And I hate to say this, but uh, if I look back at my life, I have those that same tendency. Uh, I will make decisions based on emotion. Uh, I I will keep relationships at surface level instead of going deep because I think I'm afraid of being known fully. Um, and and I'll just I'll move uh, both physically like move, but then just also like detach from relationship quickly when I'm over it. And uh, that has hurt me, and it's hurt a lot of people in my life. And uh, and I hate that quality about him. And yeah. yet I, I see it there in myself. It I'm telling you, how uh, how remarkable is it that we serve a God that can take those of us that did not have the greatest father figures? And that's kind of what we end up doing for a living is investing in fathers. You want to talk about, you know, kind of your know, Joseph's experience. Hey, what you know, his brothers, what you, you know, y'all intended for evil. God intended for good. That God can cause all things to work together. And I'm not sure that those of us that didn't have the greatest dads would have the passion without that past experience. That's so true. I I remember even as a young pastor. I mean, I'm still I still feel young, but as a as a new pastor, thinking I could just men's ministry was like something I would never do. I just felt so ill-equipped. Like I didn't even feel secure as a man, let alone speaking to any other man. So the fact that uh, I'm doing what I'm doing now really is uh, speaks volumes yeah. to what you just said. You have a devotional, and it is entitled "Stop Behaving." Tell us about your devotional. The, the the devotional specifically the title and kind of the heartbeat behind it is um, that that behavior modification just doesn't really last and I don't think Jesus was ever after trying to get us to just simply behave better or follow more rules um, we see Jesus all throughout Scripture uh, getting after the heart and moving to the core issue of what what was behind the behavior and so that's what I'm trying to do in the devotional is figure out not just there's so much stuff for guys guys are always being told to like you know man up get your stuff together, you know, stop looking at porn, stop doing this, stop, stop working so hard, whatever, lots of like more rules. And I just feel like guys are, um, we're kind of tired of hearing that. And and I think that Jesus would go deeper than that. I think he would try to get to the heart of the issue. And so that's what I try to do in the devotionals, just point guys back to Jesus and to really help them evaluate their heart and pray that Jesus captures their heart. And if their hearts change, that behavior change will come as a result of that. That's a fantastic message. I know in our practice, so many men are just tired. I was talking to a guy this week. He's hearing a lot of complaints from his wife. He's getting a lot of pressure from from work. And so this idea that we have so much on our plate, so many to-dos, is certainly uh, within guys on a daily basis. And so this idea of stop behaving, I think, is critical. We were, just before we got started, our uh, director of intensive outpatient 
was in here. And when we told her we were talking to you, she goes, oh, my gosh, that's so great. Uh, he's got this great podcast. I make my husband listen. <laughs> and you, you've chosen this, you know, this population to serve that have been referred to in the past as being emotionally handicapped. They just, you know, give me sports, give me my job, hand me the kids when they're old enough to play sports, and we're, we're golden. But don't really involve me in anything under the surface, anything deeper emotionally. So many guys push that away. Hence, all the marriage, family type podcasts, it's, it's so, you know this, it's so female driven. How were you able to engage a population that for, the, for, for so long didn't even want to be engaged in this area? And not only have you engaged these men, but you've really connected with them and drawn them into having this discussion? And that's a good question. Actually, something I've been thinking a lot about uh, lately, and kind of this is going to, again, sound a little bit weird, but my wife and I do a lot of premarital counseling for couples. We're in a season of life where a lot of our friends are getting married. And so we do a lot of premarital counseling. And almost 100% of the time, I can relate to the female in the relationship. <laughs> I'm usually the one, uh, I'm usually the one siding with her because I'm the more emotional one in our relationship. And so I take someone on some of those like general uh, tendency, tendencies. And uh, so I've just always been able to, to, I think it's, I didn't have my dad around and I, the way God wired me. And I grew up with three sisters and my mom in the house, like I was the only boy. I don't know what all played into that, but I'm highly emotional. And yet I'm still a dude, you know, I still get what it's like to be, <laughs> to be a guy, obviously. Um, and so I, I'm, I've wondered, I, I asked myself the same thing, like, why are guys listening to this? Why are guys engaged with this? And I'm wondering if it's because um, I can, I can be, I can kind of tap into that emotional side of things that I think a lot of guys are not, that's unfamiliar territory to them, but also speak to it in the way that us guys speak to it, you know, and, and, and relate to it. You're like an emotional interpreter. You interpret this for them. <laughs> Man, that's a great term. I wish I could like put that on a business card and monetize it. <laughs> There's so many guys, you know, we grow up throwing a football and like hitting each other. Girls grow up in gaggles, giving and receiving emotions and we we have no emotional intelligence. And the fact that God designed it then for us to partner with somebody for the rest of our life, with someone that's highly emotionally... In, uh, Marriage is like God's sitcom. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's really difficult for a lot of guys. So you have a couple of episodes recently of your podcast that I was interested in. One was you spoke about your experience of being uh, out of control or having no control and actually finding rest in that place. Can you speak to that for a second? Yeah, that, that came from uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was getting ready to head out to out of the country for work. And so the night before I left, I wanted to spend time with my kids. I took them fishing and uh, really long story short, my, my, I had just bought a brand new phone Um and was about to leave the country. And as we're fishing, my daughter wanted to play on my phone. She got bored with fishing. So she took uh, this new phone. She got frustrated at a game she was playing and she literally took it and she threw the phone into the middle of the river. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it just sunk to the middle. I mean, the, the phone was four days old. I just bought it outright. And uh, it was actually the second phone I had bought in a week because I had dropped my phone earlier in that same. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just a series of events. Um, 
And <laughs> man, to say that I was angry would be such an understatement. I really think that it was, I'm a pretty chill dude, but I honestly think that it was the first time in my life I felt rage. Like I screamed <laughs> and my hands were shaking. I was so angry. Um, for a long time, (laughs) (laughs) just for a second, for a long time. Yeah. For a long time. Okay. And I was, I was uh, later that night. I was just, I was like trying to be introspective. My wife has really helped me in this area, uh, to try to be introspective and try to figure out like what's actually going on behind the anger. And so I was asking myself, like, what am I, what am I really feeling here? What it, Am I really that mad about the phone? Like, of course the phone is a big deal. That sucks. But, but what's really going on? And what I came to the conclusion with, like, in my own soul was that I just felt completely out of control. I felt out of control of my finances because we've been trying to save up and I, I spent a ton of money on this phone. I felt out of control of my daughter. I didn't know how to discipline her well. I didn't know how to control her behavior. Uh, and I felt out of control of even my own emotions, like my own anger. I didn't know how to – in that moment, I felt completely out of control. And I think just the whole situation, I was like, man, I'm just – out of control. Uh, and I had to, I, I try to teach the guys on the, the podcast this all the time that we need to constantly be gospeling ourselves. And I had to gospel myself in that moment and just say, it's okay to be out of control because we serve a God who is in control. Uh, and it, it's okay that in my weakness, he's made strong and I can trust him. Even when he was on the cross and everything felt completely out of control, yeah. he was still in control. Uh, and so it, yeah, even in that moment of feeling completely out of control, I had to gospel myself and, and say that we serve one who, who is, and that's okay. Absolutely. And being able to sit in that emotion, because you're for humans, for us, control is an illusion. I mean, there's, I mean, it, 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 we're all out of control. And, and when we think we're in control is when we're deluding ourselves. I tell you, it's been a joy, Senor Lopez, to have you with us today. <laughs> and uh, I think it's so unusual, so magnificent how God has kind of raised you up to be doing what you're doing. We really do appreciate your time. Yeah, if you want more information about Jared, go to dadtired.com. His Instagram is dad.tired, Facebook, dadtired blog, and then Twitter is dadtired podcast. Jared, thank you so appreciate much. Appreciate it. It really is an honor. Thank you guys so much for having me. Okay, you gotta love Gerard Lopez was great. Yes. So hold on, before we talk about the interview, so just to let the audience know, which probably is not surprising, like I have a whole page of notes of like questions I want to ask, and like it's almost written down word for word because I like to be prepared. And Jimbo like walks in no notes, (laughs) and every one of his questions, I'm like, oh man, that's really good. Oh man, that sounded good. I even I had to pause the interview. Y'all don't hear that because we're gonna edit it out. But I had to pause <laughs> the interview because I lost my train of thought. I can't get a question out correctly, and I have so many notes. Yes, I have been pulling it out my backside for oh years. Oh my god, it's amazing. I'm, I'm a ninja at that. Get so frustrated. <laughs> Obviously, we work together. I know your weaknesses. Yes, but um, that is a very cool strength. It's almost a superpower. Thank you very much. Yeah. The phrase that comes to mind is, Jared has been raised up for such a time as this. I don't think Dad Tired could have existed five years ago. But here's this guy, because of a trial and a tribulation in his own life, God opens this very unique, unconventional opportunity of ministry for him and he was just sitting there, poised to walk through it. He hit it right on the head again, and I think I spoke to this in the interview, but so many dads are tired. Mm-hmm. You have, they don't, they're overworked, 
and they don't necessarily know what they're doing with their kids. They know how to wrestle with them, but they don't necessarily have to lead them spiritually. They don't necessarily know how to connect with their wives. And their wives, obviously so, are frustrated about that. And so they mention that often. And so then they just feel like they're doing a terrible job, which pulls them away from the home more. And it's all these pressures that I don't think a lot of dads are able or maybe even can verbalize. And Jared's given him a sp- them a space to be yeah. able to do that. You know, we're, we're coming full circle. There was a time where dads, you know, we're, you know, my dad was Archie Bunker. You just came home and you had your brewski delivered to your chair. And then Edith ran back out of the room to get your TV dinner and brought it back. And there was all the way to all these things are being demanded of you. And because there was a time where those things existed, this men didn't care. I'm going to go and I'm going to bring money in. And that is my single job. And now they're expected to Mm -hmm. do all these things. They're attempt. They now know they're supposed to be doing all these things. And they seem to be failing at parenthood, at being the spiritual leader, at being a husband. They fail at everything and they're exhausted. And anytime there's an issue, everyone turns and looks at dads, that they're the root cause of the problem. Correct. Which so many then just throw up their hands and like, screw this. I don't know what to tell Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it is dads being willing to work on it and learn new behaviors and thought processes. But a lot of it is on you, wife, listening to stop the criticism. I mean, you've just got to not bash him over the head every time he enters the door. And again, I've shared this several times, but keep doing it. You know, Egret shares, you know, when when a wife is going to get angry at what a, a, a husband is doing or not doing or whatever, so often their their first go-to is to get a stick and begin poking the husband in the eye until that husband then begins to love them the way they want them to love them. They're, you know, the, the way they approach the inadequacies in their husbands is almost guaranteeing that they're never going to be loved the way they want to be loved. And by the way, the inadequacies in the husbands should just reflect back to the inadequacies in the wife. Because you know, the, the, I'm telling you, the theme verse for marriage, if there could be one, and it not be Ephesians, you know, and again, I believe this ought to be printed and put on the mirror of every couple, get the sequoia redwood out of your own eye before you even think about getting the nanoparticle out of your spouse's eye. And that goes either direction. If we had a lot more humility in the way we approach each other, I guess is what I'm saying, that that would be a really, really cool thing. You know, I have been uh, over here just pouring my heart out and you've not made eye contact yet. You are staring at your computer. What are you? Are you Facebooking people? Is that what you're doing over there? Are you twitting? I'm uploading the episode where it needs to be uploaded. Oh, I'm administrating okay. over here. <laughs> I trusted that you were making something up that sounded really good <laughs> that I didn't have to listen Just to. Just pulling it out. <laughs> anyway, Guys, Jared was fantastic. Definitely check him out. Wives, husbands alike, dadtired.com. If you want more information about this episode, go to our episode tab at paradoxpodcast.com. And then click on Jared's episode, that blog post. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, both us individually as well as the show, uh, you can find that information on our website as well. Again, it's paradoxpodcast.com. Review, share. We appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Peace out. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com.
Next time on Paradox. Don't sweat the small stuff. Humility, embracing the content, the idea of enough, uh, the gift of discernment, and just understanding that contentment and acceptance is what trust and faith is in the Christian walk. My job spent. <laughs> I'm just spent. I think I actually crapped wisdom.